So sometimes tuning into sort of that question, what do I want? Or another version of this is, uh, what, what would I rather experience? because sometimes if you're not used to tuning into what you want, if anybody's like me, anyone who's listening is like me, I denied myself so many years what I actually wanted because I believed it was never possible. So instead asking my, myself, what would I rather experience or what would you rather experience can help just open the door to the possibility that something else might be available to you. Hello, you are listening to the Happy Hearts Project podcast. I am your host and your life and relationship coach. My name is Cassie, and I'm so glad that you are here. Today, I have a really special guest. Her name is Harumi LaDuke. She is a life coach and energy guide, and she and I have been in contact pretty much weekly for almost the last year now. Um, we have both coached each other and we utilize each other kind of as friends and colleagues. And I thought it would be so fun to have her on the podcast today to talk about intuition and our relationships. So we are going to talk about how to tune into your body to make decisions and know what's right for you. Um, We're also going to talk about how relationships with others is really rooted in our relationship to ourself. Our boundaries are based in our relationships to ourselves, and boundaries are a tool in our magic toolbox. Um, So we're going to talk about what is the language that you use to communicate to yourself in order to take the actions that create the outcomes that you desire. So come tune in, learn about that. This is a great episode for anyone who's just interested in learning more about intuition. It's also a great episode for anyone who kind of feels like they're at a crossroads and they're not sure which way to go. This episode is for you. Make sure that you like this episode. You give it five stars, leave it a review, share it with a friend and family member. Come and find us on Instagram. It's the Happy Hearts Project podcast. You can also find um, Harumi LaDuke on Instagram and myself, Cassie Deep Coaching on Instagram. Give us a search and a follow. And without any further ado, let's get started. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, I would just like to get started hearing a little bit about your journey and how you've ended up where you are as a life coach and energy. How do you call yourself? Let's go ahead and let you just say (laughs) what is it you do. (laughs) Absolutely. So I am an intuitive coach and energetic guide, which basically means that I help people connect to their intuition and we use different energetic modalities from, uh, emotional freedom techniques, which some people know as tapping to emotion code to help release trapped emotions, psych K, which is a modality to help people release stress and transform limiting beliefs into beliefs that they actually want to have. And, um, I'm also a psychic medium, so I can tune into people's energy, tune into any guides or any ancestors, and we can actually help clear and heal 
literal roots of trauma. So, um, I mean, so much of what I do may look on the surface, like life coaching. And that's how we met was through a life coaching connection and more and more with my clients, I've been using different modalities to really help clear and release that trauma because otherwise it can, we can get stuck in, in mindset work. And I think mindset work is absolutely amazing. And I noticed that for myself and for my clients, sometimes we'll get stuck in like, well, if I just think better, if I just change my thoughts, then I could change. And really we can end up sometimes if we're not really mindful of our hearts and our energy that we might end up gaslighting ourselves into thinking like, well, it's, it's my fault. I'm not changing my thoughts. I'm like, actually that's probably some past trauma and trapped emotions that are keeping you stuck and you not being able to move forward in the way that you want to go. So that's what I help people do so they can actually feel how they want to feel and experience life truly as their authentic selves. And I know it sounds so cliche to say that, and yet it's cliche for a reason. Pretty much everybody wants that. We all want that. Yeah, definitely. Right. I always think about the fact that we always think that like reaching our next goal, achieving the next thing or getting that thing that we really want is going to make us feel a certain way. And I think it's so powerful to realize that we can start feeling better. Now we can start feeling more successful, more aligned, more in tuned right now. Exactly. And that we are able to do that. And just, um, to be clear, I am not the person who is healing. I don't call myself a healer, although I might've been in like outlander, you know, 18th century world, but, um, I am someone who helps guide people to tune into their own inner wisdom and inside themselves and, um, help, help that clear. So amazing. Well, I would like to just get started with you telling us how you've gotten to be where you are now. Oh my goodness, Cassie. Okay. Well, it started, um, a little over a decade ago, I was in a relationship and kept feeling this person's, um, moving away from me. Now I would use the word energetically. I didn't have any of that language back then. And I just had this intuitive sense of, uh, oh, like my spidey senses. I probably would have called it back then. My spidey senses were going alarm, alarm, something feels off. And I both trusted myself that, okay, there's something going on, but I didn't trust myself to follow through and really have a deeper conversation with them. And, um, or even be able to state my own needs of, Hey, this doesn't feel right for me. I was always sort of waiting. I felt like the other person's always had the ball in their court. And that I didn't, that I always needed to be in response. Long story short, um, that connection ended. And afterwards I was really distraught and I kept telling myself, Oh, it's my fault. I should have known. And it took me a couple of years before I realized, wait, I did know I knew the whole time it didn't feel good, but I knew that this wasn't the right connection for me. And I wasn't ready to, to, to really open up to that. And that whole realization of wait, I actually do have some sort of inner guidance, inner GPS system. Maybe I could actually tune into that for any decision in my life, not just around relationships. And so I began seeking out 
personal development videos, which I've been sort of into more through the sort of how do you organize your time and how do you avoid procrastination and, you know, how do you get things done? I'd, I'd, just, I'd come at it from that angle. And then I began to explore my own, I'm going to use the word intuition here, my own inner guidance system through my body, like noticing when do I feel really tight and something doesn't just doesn't feel right. If I'm thinking about, oh, hey, do I want to go to this restaurant with a friend or um, to small little decisions about what clothes I want to wear today or what color I want today versus should I have this conversation about a boundary with this family member to, so any big, seemingly small decision, I began to practice with how my inner wisdom showed up in my body. All this to say, um, a few years later, I ended up having different health challenges where, um, I had a doctor tell me that I might lose my eyesight a few years later. Um, I had chronic fatigue and intense brain fog and was really not functioning very well, just kind of barely making it to work doing what I could and then crashing. And so all of these health challenges led me to further check in and see what do I really need and, and really develop a deeper relationship with myself so that I could help heal my own heart and, um, set the boundaries that I needed and get in tune with my own inner wisdom, which has always been there. And I always thought everybody else had their own inner wisdom. And I would go and like, ask questions of other people. What, what, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And, um, crowdsourcing for answers, but really this last 10 year journey has just kept leading me back to myself. So I can trust that I have my own inner guidance. Amazing. I would, I want to hear a little bit more of like what it felt like for you in your body to know that someone was like shifting away from you to feel like the pulse. I'm laughing because honestly, it felt like nausea. I felt so sick to the point where I had to check. I thought, is this, is this, you know, the, the week before my period, what is going on here? But I just sort of knew I just, I had, it felt like a day. So it was, it was literal physical nausea. It was, um, like an anxiousness or an anxiety in my chest. Like it felt like a, a, a chest tightening and it felt like my body was constricted. Like, um, like my whole body was being sort of packaged in a little sausage package, just closed up. And, um, so deeply uncomfortable, deeply unsettling. And then on top of that, I also get what I now call downloads. You just sort of have a like, Oh yeah, I just know. And I think a lot of people have that. Like if you've ever had a, Oh, I knew it. I knew I shouldn't have, or I, oh, I, I, I wish I had that is your intuitive or your gut sense. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting. So I've been talking a lot about like, um, it's the, the vagus nerve, right? That runs from our brain all the way down into our gut. And like, we get so much information from our gut, like communicating from our nervous system and from our brain. And that's why we have all of those, those feelings and sensations. And it's like, no, like this is scientifically backed. Like I don't just have like a 
sore stomach because of whatever reason, like my body is reacting to some type of stress, right? Like this is a form of communication with my body that we maybe for some of us just haven't honed in on. Absolutely. And especially for women or people who are not cisgender men, I think it can be really I don't want to say easy. I think it is common for so many of us to not tune into our bodies because we've been trained to ignore our body's needs or to look a certain way or to behave a certain way in order to be safe or to be seen or to be considered valuable. And when you spend a lifetime being trained out of your bodily needs, other than like, Hey, I'm hungry or, Hey, it's time to go to the bathroom. Like most of us can do those basics relatively decently, but sometimes, right. <laughs> sometimes we even, we ignore those too. We do. We ignore it too. We're like, I'm not hungry. Right. Like, I shouldn't be hungry. I shouldn't be tired. Exactly. We gaslight ourselves. We totally do out of all of that. I think I, I think that more people have consciousness around that, like, oh, there's me doing that. We might still override, our mind might still override, like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to do those things or I'm going to do those things. Um, so if we're, it's, it can be really hard if we're not doing that for our more fundamental basic needs to do that for our emotional needs as well. And of course, they're all related. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to have a trust. I found that it's been hard for me to be able to trust myself when I don't honor my needs. And again, that's such an easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. And I feel like, especially if you've been through the trauma, like you're talking about, and then you're trying to try it again. Like if you've been through emotional trauma, like that's honestly been my journey too, as I've built my business and my practice and how I help people is I thought that like my trauma and like my healing was in my bad relationship. And then I realized I was reenacting that (laughs) in my new relationship because I didn't know how to trust myself and I didn't know how to understand the signs from my body that were communicating anything to me. It all just felt like chaos and it all just felt like I should just run away. Of course. Yeah. 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 And trauma doesn't, it may be, um, trauma can be something that was really huge, right. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's physically, emotionally, but it can also be a bunch of what psychologists call the little T trauma, right. Mm -hmm. The, the, those bad days, stressful stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm always wary of using the word overusing the word trauma, but it's right. Anytime that we're not able to emotionally cope in that moment because it's maybe too much, too soon, um, too intense. And, and so learning to honor that is such a huge part of the journey towards healing. And yet old stuff is going to keep cropping up. Like you could keep clearing up the stuff and probably till the end of our life, we're still going to have old wounds that keep opening up in some way, but or as to say, and if we continue to honor those emotions as they, as they come up, because any time an emotion is coming up, it is ready to be felt and experienced. Um, the more that we do that, it's like brushing our teeth. 
Like it's emotionally brushing our teeth. We're never done brushing our teeth, but the more that we can honor our teeth every day or shower, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use, um, the more clean and kind of good with ourselves that we can feel Look, not dissing anybody who's not doing all the time. That's just a habit that I do. I mean, I think it's generally agreed upon that, you know, like it's just like we're talking about earlier, it's the self-care practice. Mm -hmm. It's not like the one and done. I did the thing. I'm all better now. Like it's, it's a daily practice and it's building the awareness around those triggers for sure. Because now I recognize what is the trigger versus like, what is the problem? because I spent the time to build the awareness around it. Absolutely. Like, oh, is and this me or is this them? That's right. And so often, I don't know about you, but for me, so often I, I, my mind translated the word problem from it is, I am the problem. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with me versus there is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's an opportunity for a boundary here. I am actually in control of this experience, you know, as much as possible. And I can do something about it. I can set a boundary. I can have a conversation. I can take good care of myself. I can recognize that what I'm asking for is actually something that I need to provide for myself right now. Absolutely. Where do we have agency? Because of course there's systemic oppression, right? There's institutional challenges, whether it's racism, sexism, et cetera, there's these challenges are real and they absolutely exist. And sometimes I know that for me, I have often denuded myself of that agency and taken that away from myself before I could even, I didn't even give myself that chance to have Mm -hmm. power in a situation, but we can't, we can't have power in any situation. And that is actually a form of self-care. Self-care isn't just about you know, taking a bath as lovely as that is and beautiful as that is, and actually energetically cleansing as that is another form of self-care is to honor that those emotions as they're coming up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients too, is like, okay, you're feeling angry. Like when, when did you feel it? When was your earliest memory of feeling angry? What was happening then? And that's when we usually find like these underlying beliefs of like, I'm difficult. I'm a problem. I'm too loud. I take up too much space. That is the wound. Yeah. That's creating the anger in response to whatever is happening, you know, in our relationships or in those types of dynamics. It's just really powerful when we can step in to recognize that. So what I want to get back to is I really want to make it clear for our listeners. You use a couple of terms. I don't think you said it yet today, but you do refer to your inner voice and you refer to intuition. And so I do you have kind of a general definition of what those two things are? Yeah, absolutely. So I personally use those words interchangeably. I know that some people differentiate them. Um, but to me, intuition, inner voice, some people might say higher self. Some people might say gut, if they feel it in their gut, it's, it's really whatever you call your internal GPS system, your inner wisdom, your inner guidance system. And the source of that 
is some people might say God or universe, or again, higher self. Um, there's discussion among different intuitive guidance, um, practitioners on that, but for ease and, um, I use those terms interchangeably and they show up in different ways. So some people might hear actual words and that's where the word inner voice might feel really aligned. Um, like you just hear a, a sense of, you know, something that feels peaceful, something that feels maybe wise. Sometimes I call it my yoga teacher, inner yoga teacher voice or my inner Yoda, the, that wise part of myself that isn't like totally freaked out, but that says, honey, it's going to be okay. And also here's the next step that you can take. And I will literally hear words. Now it's taken some practice to get to that point. Um, but just like any other skill, you can learn how to hear words from your intuition. You can also, um, get visuals of it. And, um, so mine, <laughs> I don't know how common this is, but sometimes my intuition shows up as a leprechaun. Now, I don't know if that's just a nod to my Irish heritage, um, but it just shows up as this sort of feisty leprechaun who will sort of gently and lovingly laugh when my mind is going off in circles and just helps bring me back to the sort of lighter, wiser part of myself. Um, now, people don't always see their inner voice personified something you might get visuals like, Hey, I'm real. I just keep seeing this symbol of a crow or, Hey, I'm sort of visualizing. They might get sort of a movie screen almost and, and get visuals on a screen and then maybe notice that those are symbols to interpret. Um, so that's another way some people get connect to their intuition via a download. I was mentioning, um, like a download, just a sense of, whoa, I just know, um, almost like you're literally downloading a file on your computer and you just open it up and go, Oh, boom, there it is. And that one can be so magical. And if you're somebody who gets those, sometimes it can be well, it can be with any of these, but often with the download, because it's not necessarily clear words, people might not trust that one as much. Um, but if it's there, if you feel it, it does, it, it is it. Um, so yeah, those are just a few ways that you can sense your intuition. You can feel it in your body. That's often one of the biggest ways that people feel it. Um, like I was mentioning in my story with the relationship, I just knew in my body, something was off and you can mm -hmm. feel is really right for you too and aligned so how can people really intentionally tune in to that message yeah absolutely well so there's um since there are a number of different ways to connect there I really love when my clients get to practice doing different ways so one way that and it's actually the first real way that I learned to tune into my intuition was to notice whether I felt expanded in my body or contractive and expanded being like lighter, more peaceful, um, a sense of just, okay, I got this type of vibe. Um, maybe even more joyful, delighted. It could be excited. It could be lit up. You could even start laughing like, yes, I'm so excited about this. So expanded, do you feel more expanded in your body or do you feel more contracted and that tightening feeling? 
So that might seem really simple and it can be both hard if you are really challenging, I should say, if you're not used to tuning into your body, um, and you're ignoring your body's signals, but, um, I have my clients really practice with just everyday things, whether it's, Hey, do I want to like sun sunset is happening? It's getting darker. Do I want to leave my curtains open or not? Or do I want to close them? And I thought this seems so silly. And yet actually what I learned was I actually like leaving my curtains open just a little bit longer to take in the magic of the evening. Whereas growing up, we always closed the curtains kind of before sun went down and such a small little thing led me to light candles in the windows. And then it became this magical hour that I would have with candles in the windows and the twilight and sure people can see in, but whatever. (laughs) Great. Like, you know, I have a level of comfort with that, but, um, it can lead to magical moments that are in your daily life. And it can also be huge. Like the last couple of relationships that I've been in, I've known very quickly from my body, um, thanks to experiences that I've had before. And also the daily training that I have with everyday moments that I thought, Oh, yep. I know whether to enter or to exit. Yeah. And it's given me so much more peace. I don't have to have this big old conversation in my mind. I mean, I might still happen out of habit, but I really learned to trust myself with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love what you're talking about with like, even just the small things, because what I've learned through just like tapping in and trusting yourself and like manifesting and working with like energies and all of that, it's all about feeling your best. And sometimes feeling your best just means you're being really intentional. And when you're taking that intentional time to decide, do I want the curtains opened or closed? You're deciding what's going to feel really good for me right now. And when we're prioritizing making ourselves feel good and we're, we're responding to our body's messages to ourselves, that's how we're building trust. That's how we're building self-awareness. And that's how we are not externalizing all of those needs that sometimes we struggle to get other people and situations to meet for us. But when we're constantly practicing reinforcing it for ourselves, that's how we actually build a relationship with ourselves. You know what I mean? It's like a conversation you have with a girlfriend. Like, do you want Chinese food tonight? Or do you want pizza for our movie night? And also, did you think about what show, like what Netflix show you want to binge versus like just showing up and being like, I don't know, like whatever, whatever we're doing, we're doing, I don't care right? Like the intentionality of communicating and asking yourself what feels really good right now. It's so powerful. I, the more I do this work and support people, other people on their journeys, the more that I can see how that kind of daily moment of, um, which I've had thousands of times, right? Those of us who grow up to be people pleasers in some way, which often is rooted in some form of trauma, or I would argue oppression, um, and trying to keep ourselves safe and saying, Oh, it's okay. Like it's good. You choose and denying ourselves the pleasure of being able to say what we actually want. Boy, Mm -hmm. if we can actually practice that in that moment. Now, are there times when I've asked my inner voice, do I, you know, which one do I have? And my inner voice will literally say, don't care. 
And what it means is both options are great to you right now. And so I know I've had moments in the last few years as a, as I've really practiced this, that, you know, I might be hanging out with a friend and Hey, I don't care which one. And they might say, no, really. And I'm like, no, really either one's good. Like truly you choose. And then, but I'm coming from an empowered place. Mm-hmm. Of, I mean, sure. I could eeny, miny, miny, mo. I truly don't care. And that feels amazing to be able to say rather than I'm afraid that if I don't say the quote unquote right answer, that this person is going to pull away from me in some moment, because that is actually where the trauma is, right? The mm-hmm. fear usually of some form of abandonment or they're no longer going to care for me. Right. Yeah. It's reminding me of after my divorce, really like during my separation, I had like zero preferences. <laughs> Like, am I a morning person and am I a night person? Do I like salad? Do I like sandwiches? What kind of music do I like to listen to? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And it's because I had outsourced that for so long. I had outsourced that because I was giving my power away to a person who I felt like if I made the wrong decision, I wasn't safe. Right. And so it didn't feel safe for me for a long time to have a preference. Yeah. And that is like how we heal, heal that part of ourselves is by like actually developing those preferences, allowing ourselves to have them and to experiment with different things. What do I like about this and why or why not? Right. And like trusting yourself to know the difference. Exactly. And knowing that that can change because what our intuition can tell us is what aligns for us in the present moment. So what aligns for you right now is okay, fine. I want to be a night person right now, but then tomorrow you realize actually, no, we're going to have cozy time a lot earlier and not having to have this stick to itness and a sort of stick to your guns, which is very much a part of at least those of us who are based in the U S um, culture. And instead allowing for a more, I would call it feminine energy, which is in terms of getting away from gender, but in terms of the side of us, that is more in the flow and mm-hmm. allowing things to, to be as they are. Yeah, I know. But that's like also how Terry Cole, she's a therapist who specializes in boundaries. I love her. She talks about boundaries on a spectrum and like we can be really like overly rigid or overly porous, right? So like you're talking about like the rigid boundaries of it's my way or the highway. This is what I've done for years. I know what's right. No one's going to take me off track. And there's like so little room for connection there. Like if we're talking about intuition and relationships, when we're really strict on our boundaries or super rigid, we're limiting our own experience and we're not tuning in to ask ourselves what's best in this moment. We're just doing it because that's what we do, right? Like it, it makes me think of like people who have had the same job for decades. They've never missed a day, all of that, but they're super resentful and they, <laughs> they're actually really unhappy, but they feel really justified in the fact that they've shown up every day for 20 years, right? Like that really might be more of like a rigid boundary of like their value of like, all of that when who knows if they would have listened to themselves and their intuition where that could have led 
you know, or just in general in our relationships, like I'm just thinking about those boundaries. And so I think we do have to learn to be flexible in order to connect with ourselves, to connect with others, to continue to grow and learn and heal because our rigid boundaries can just be a guard. Totally. Yeah. It makes me think, um, I read Terry Cole's boundary boss. I think that was the name of the book. And right. And when I remember reading that my inner voice actually showed me some images. So here's some visuals of that rigid boundary, literally being a cement wall. Well, it's really hard to have a relationship with anybody with the cement wall. Whereas the, and I can't remember what she called it, but the sort of more middle of the road was yes, it's flexible, flexible. That's right. So the, like, like a gate that you can open and close and it's more welcoming, or it could be more like a porch where you invite people in, but you do have, you know, a boundary with like a front door that you can lock as needed or be safe. Um, whereas the porous is just having the door open all the time and all the flies are coming in and who knows who's coming in. And granted, we have a different way of in, in this culture in white Western culture. Um, I'm not white, but, <laughs> but you live, live in the world. You live exactly. In the world. I live in the world, this world. Uh, but you know, we, we, our version of, of flexible does include have having some sort of physical boundaries and emotional boundaries, and that's healthy too. Mm-hmm. How, how can we use our intuition to, I almost said enforce, which I guess is the word, but I don't really like it, but to practice our boundaries. Cause I think also like we get confused. We think a boundary is like just getting someone on board with agreeing with what we want them to do. And that's not actually the boundary. So how can we use our intuition, not only to know what we want to set, but then also to hold it. Absolutely. Well, it could be as simple as, um, getting a phone call or a text and recognize, you know, you see the name, um, and recognize, okay, do I have space to be with this person in this moment? Can I, can I give a part of myself to this connection? Um, or am I not able to actually fully be there in this moment in the way that I would like to be now? I mean, if it's an emergency situation, like use your own inner guidance, right. Mm -hmm. To decide that. But I noticed that for instance, with family members or certain people in my life, I'm my initial response is that of, I need to be a good girl. I need to be a good person. And I need to answer that phone. I need to respond to that email right away. And, um, and that is an actual trauma response. Now I'm not here to blame the other person. This is just part of a long history of feeling like I need to show up in that way. And so what I've practiced, um, is noticing, yeah, am I in a space where I can actually really be with them? And sometimes I can, um, but that's also taken a lot of practice. It's a seemingly small moment that is a boundary setting and is a type of self-care, right? They're kind of two sides of the same coin and also requires me to listen to my own inner voice or my intuition, my gut, whatever you call it to say, to realize, okay, can I do this or not right now? And if not, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I think this sort of next level has been communicating that to people in my life and Hey, if I don't pick up right away, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. And actually really honoring that. And that also takes some time. It took some time, but it has been incredibly and deeply rewarding because all it did was actually increase the trust level 
of communication. Mm-hmm. For you and for them, because that's what I'm thinking. Like, we can't always just sit around and kind of like wait to feel our best. Right. Exactly. <laughs> to, to like build the relationships that we want, but we can be intentional in creating the outcomes that we desire. Absolutely. And part of that is like protecting your energy and holding up those boundaries so that you do have some capacity to put towards the effort that is required to have the relationship that you desire, right? Like it's not just an excuse to just be like a recluse and (laughs) come in on yourself. But at the same time, you get to do it from a place of love instead of a place of like guilt or fear. Yeah. And I think that's like the huge thing where that's where we tap into our body because it's such a quick switch of like your body creates an emotion you have a sensation and your body is or your mind is usually responding to that like you're like through behavior before you even recognize what you're feeling and that's when you just have to slow down and be like okay but what what actually is the emotion that I'm reacting to right now and if it's guilt if it's fear or whatever other negative emotion might be in there it's not going to lead to genuine connection. It's going to lead to resentment, anger, frustration. Those aren't, those aren't the things that we want to experience primarily in our relationship. Like they're not going to be completely avoidable. But what do, how do, what do I need to do for myself? before I engage with this person to actually do it from a place of love and acceptance for both of us. Totally. And sometimes it can only take minutes. Like if we, I know that if I I get a call and I, you know, for all I know, it could be the bank or an insurance company. And I just don't want to have to have that conversation right now or be on hold for 30 minutes. Right. It could be, it doesn't have to be as intense as, you know, a family member that you have a lot of water under the bridge under, but just knowing, Hey, I can just hold space for my emotions in that moment just for another minute or two and often just doing that. And that's a whole other skill that we could talk about for a whole podcast, but just allowing space for, Oh gosh, I'm having some fear come up or I'm having some shame or some guilt around this come up. Okay. Okay. All right. Just feel that emotion breathe into it, allowing it to be and accepting that that's okay. It's okay. It's coming up. It's up coming up. It's got some old stuff. Okay, great. How am I doing now? How am I doing now? And there are ways that I, you know, I'll work with some modalities with my clients to actually move through that and actually clear and heal some of the roots. Um, and, and you can't necessarily do that every moment of every day. So do what you can and then check back in with your own inner wisdom. Like, okay, all right. How am I doing? Do I have the space and capacity to do this right now? Mm-hmm. And that can be amazing. Now you don't also have to follow this whatsoever. If your intuition is like, nope, I'm just going to keep doing my thing. This is where I'm at. Great. I was there for years (laughs) because totally fine. And, and sometimes we just need to keep experiencing that until we realize, oh, actually I do want to do it a different way now. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah. But it's the practice, right. Of like, at least asking yourself, is this what I want? that's what it is. Is this what I actually want right now? And sometimes too, it's like, I have to help people like get to the outcome first. 
Like sometimes we don't want the behavior, but we want the outcome. <laughs> so you kind of have to like think big picture and get out of like, this is uncomfortable in the moment, but how is it creating what I actually want for myself? Yeah. And this is where also tuning into your intuition can really help. I know that sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be feeling this emotion. So sometimes tuning into sort of that question, what do I want? Or another version of this is, uh, what, what would I rather experience? Because sometimes if you're not used to tuning into what you want, if anybody's like me, anyone who's listening is like me, I denied myself so many years what I actually wanted because I believed it was never possible. So instead asking my, myself, what would I rather experience or what would you rather experience can help just open the door to the possibility that something else might be available to you. Yes. And then tuning into that, how does that feel? what do I actually want with this person? Well, like, what am I feeling now? Guilt, shame. Uh Oh, I should have called them. I've been waiting to call them. What do I actually want? I want to have a moment of connection with them. I actually want to be honest. Okay, fine. I'm not ready to be honest with them about this, but it would be nice to hear their voice or it would nice be nice to just let, I could just let them know, Hey, I'm thinking of you. I will get back to you. I'm not. Yeah. It's not about you or, you know, whatever you need to say Mm -hmm. that feels more aligned. And I think it goes back to the acceptance of yourself and that person instead of like the shame and judgment where you're just like, this is just where things are. It's not the way I'd hoped it would be, but this is where it's at. So like, again, what are the potential possibilities in this place? Yeah. One of the I almost said fringe benefit, but I don't, I just, I don't think it's a fringe benefit. I think it's one of the major benefits of doing this kind of work is that the more that I begin to trust myself to make those decisions that actually feel good, the more that other people have had to, let's just say, you know, maybe not respond for a while, or they had to cancel or reschedule or, or decide that they don't want to do something. The more that I don't, and I say this phrase with caution take it personally. Mm-hmm. And it might have something to do with me. Who knows? But the less it bothers me, the more they think, okay, that's where they're at. Okay. And that exactly. has saved so much pain and stress and anxiety. And just to be clear, this isn't about denying what's been there or what's happened. Um, I think this is very different than the gaslighting that we've, we've talked about, not gaslighting yourself and convincing yourself that, you know, there's something, you know, wrong. Um, it's just about being clear about where you're really at and Hey, maybe they are too. I love that. I really love that. I think that's probably one of like the most powerful things that we can do in relationships is the more that we hold that space for ourselves, that self-acceptance, that self-love, the more we can extend it to other people and recognize like the boundary of like what's theirs and what's ours. And okay. So I think last week or two weeks ago, that episode came out. I was on the Lori Burke. Remember Lori Burke from our group. I was on her podcast, the Lori Burke podcast. And I was talking about how, like, I don't feel the need to forgive my partner for a lot of things because I don't recognize them as grievances against me 
they're just, he does, he makes decisions that I might not love or that might impact us in some way, but I recognize that like, it doesn't have to do with me. There's, I don't need to forgive him for something that is all his <laughs> and vice versa. Like, I think it helps the conflict in our relationships so much because we just recognize so much that that person can have a bad day and I don't have, I don't have to become a part of it or whatever it is. And then I can ask for what I need. Cause I know that he knows like, Hey, today's not the day to have this conversation with me right now. I'm not in a good place. And he's like, got it. Not a problem. Oh, that is so powerful. Because of course, one of the most triggering relationships can be the partnership or, you know, partnerships that we're in those really, really close relationships. So to be able to do that in that space, to me signifies that you've done that work in other areas of your life too, whether it's your relationship with yourself, your friends, colleagues, anyone that you're in connection with. That is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's honestly like a lot of what he's taught me how I didn't have preferences and I really struggled. And then I got into the relationship with this person who wanted me to be a whole person. <laughs> and I would be like, whatever you want. And he'd be like, no, that's not an option. <laughs> like you have to decide what you want for yourself. Um, and it just taught me to like, that I was, that I, it was safe for me to have preferences, to have desires, to have needs. And that provided the space for me to like tap into myself and figure out what that is when I am not getting it from someone else. How can I direct that for me? Yeah. That's really interesting. That's so beautiful. Yeah. To have a partner or someone close to you that can hold space like that and kind of call us on our own, almost an inner BS, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's one way to put it. Um, it's probably a kinder way to put it, but it's, it's just the, like there, sometimes we, it can be really helpful to have an outside person point out like, whoop, there it is. Right. Whoop. There it is. <laughs> um, that's actually a song I sing to myself when I notice old limiting beliefs come in the way and I go, whoop, there it is. And it takes the sting. <laughs> it takes the sting out of that thought that I've had seven and a half million times about the reasons why I suck. And, and allows me to go into a space of what would I rather experience? What do I actually want? What do I actually need? Which then builds self-trust. Yeah. I love that. That whoop, there it is. Like just neutralizes it where you're like, this doesn't have to be a problem unless I decide to make it a problem. Totally. Exactly. I I can acknowledge it. Like there's that thought and I know what I would rather think I know what perspective I would rather operate from so I'm going to intentionally choose that right now that's right yeah exactly that was actually a song that my inner voice told me to sing it's just I kept coming in I thought all right thank you I get the message so I would love to challenge your listeners to see what songs stick out to them. They are welcome to use that song. Um, But that's actually another way to listen to your inner voice is to notice what songs or snippets or quotes are really standing out to you um, that might be coming in kind of 
kindly and cheekily to help you reframe in a moment. That's one of the powers that intuition can help us do. So I'm wondering in our final moments together today, um, if someone's struggling with like making decisions in relationships, where do you tell them to start? Yeah, that's such a great question because it can seem like, great, here's all these different ways. I would say if you're beginning on this journey of paying attention to your inner GPS, use it, try it first with small daily activities, whether it's Hey, I want to sit in this chair in this auditorium today. You know, if you're going to a conference or something, or um, like that's an everyday occurrence, or do I want to use this cream on my face, or do I want to try the oil instead? It could be a really small decision. Which mug do I want to use in the morning? Do I want to have this cereal or that cereal? My guess is you're probably already doing some things like that. And notice which ones are on autopilot. Like, Hey, I have that cereal every day because that's what I've always done. So just tune in. Do I actually, does this feel like it would actually be nourishing today? And maybe it is right. No judgment. If you want to keep eating the same one every day, but maybe you realize, Oh, I want that. And a hard boiled egg. That sounds great. So you can use it for the tiniest seemingly small decisions and that helps build up your trust muscles. So just like with exercise or really any other skill in your life, know that connecting to your intuition and using your internal GPS is a skill that you can learn with practice. It may feel a little bit harder with a bigger decision. Although I've also come across people who they can actually feel that so much more clearly with a really big decision and maybe not so much with the small decision. So that's also great too. If you notice, Hey, I was super clear when I needed to exit this marriage or this job, or I wanted to, I realized that I really wanted to move across country, whatever that is. If that feels clear to you, then great. Pay attention to how did you feel in your body in that moment? What were the thoughts that you were thinking? What did you believe? How did you, you know, is there something that that sort of tiny voice inside of you was saying, and you can go back and catalog what worked for you and what didn't. I actually really strongly suggest that people journal around that or take notes in some way, or maybe if they process verbally, then to try that with the buddy and really go back and notice when are the times when i actually did kind of know or mm-hmm. sense that something was right for me or not. So I'm hoping to give some concrete examples of when we can do that. Oh my gosh. So it's bringing up something else for me, (laughs) which is like during my season of like no preferences, which I think I had for a long time. I think I've carried that. I think that's how I ended up in a really toxic relationship is because I had been outsourcing my preferences for so long. But I'm just, when you were talking, I was visualizing. So maybe this is my inner voice talking to me I was visualizing myself at this like big conference in Atlanta that I went to in like 2019 and I'm thinking like how I just took this whole thing like so laissez-faire like whatever seat I get in the auditorium I get 
if I have to wait in line at Starbucks for 20 minutes, I have to wait in line at Starbucks for 20 minutes. If I don't know what I want to eat for lunch, that's fine. I'll just go to the cafeteria at the mall across the street. And you're talking about like making decisions that create the experience that you would rather have like in your body with like your energy levels, your sleep, your tactile experience, like whatever it is, your entertainment, your access to information, your time spent, right? So like, you're actually like, what do I want to experience in this moment? And I think when I wasn't practicing that, I was operating from the belief of like, I'm not worthy of that. That's for other people. That's not for me. And then I'm going to continue to make decisions from that place of like, I can't actually have the things that I want. And so I'm not going to dare to want them. Versus like when we're reinforcing by like just the simple act of like picking out our breakfast, that reinforces the belief of like, it's important that I feel good. It's important that my body is well nourished and energized. I matter. How I feel matters. And you just carry that into every aspect of the rest of your day. Exactly. And it's just noticing those moments where you have agency. Sure. Like your inner voice doesn't have control over the Starbucks line of 20 minutes. But I could decide to wake up a little earlier. You know what I mean? A little earlier. Or maybe your inner voice is like, yeah, actually, I want you to stay in this line. Just be present. Keep your eyes open. Don't be looking at your phone. Like I've had a moment with that and ended up having a fabulous conversation with somebody. Or maybe I just started noticing, you know, hearing the sounds. I'm both an extrovert and an introvert. So I want both, you know, I don't necessarily need to talk to somebody, but noticing those moments where, hey, where might there be potential magic or something a little better than my mind would expect in this situation um, or a potential connection because you just don't know it's possible if you're always closed to that door of possibility just like we were talking earlier about rigid boundaries the door to possibility is always closed and checking in with our intuition helps open the door to possibility now i say one final caveat for your audience is sometimes, and I actually still experience this myself sometimes too. And I definitely see this with clients is sometimes our trauma responses are all these sort of trapped emotions, basically in our body from past experiences where we didn't, you know, we kind of held things tight in ourselves and in our bodies. And, um, energetically, it's like those emotions got trapped in that moment, um, frozen in time. And there's now starting to be research to substantiate this. I'm not just talking off the cuff, but if that happens and our trauma response kicks in, you might have a harder time connecting to your intuition because in that moment, your body needs to be taken care of first. Now, is it possible to listen to your, to hear your, or hear or feel or experience your intuition in a traumatic moment? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and know that there's nothing wrong with you if you can't see, hear, or feel your intuition when you got a ton of emotions coming up. Case in point, I was working with somebody recently and we spent, and this is someone I've worked with for a while, and we spent a good hour helping clear and heal some past emotions and trauma. And then all of a sudden their intuition came in loud and clear. And it was just mm-hmm. rattling up all this, these wise ideas for them to, to have some next steps on something on a project that they were working on. But before that their body wasn't ready. 
And that was okay. Cause the emotions just need to be felt, heard, experienced. And then intuition comes in. Beautiful. Beautiful. I was also, as you were talking, thinking about how, like, you were talking about the difference between the mind and intuition, which we didn't really tap into, but I feel like our mind can get so attached. That is that high level of attachment that leads to those really rigid boundaries because our mind creates meaning out of all of these things out all out of all of these experiences and it's like the act of like quieting the mind tuning into the body so that you can move away from those fears move away from those attachments and actually communicate with yourself in a more loving and accepting way um and yeah, I think that sometimes like our trauma lives in our body, but it also lives in our brain. You know what I mean? Like I, someone was explaining to me how trauma is like a puzzle that never really got put into like the right places. It was, it's like not been properly associated in our brain. And so then our brain is producing sensations in our bodies. that don't, we can't like really trust or make meaning out of like we just have to ride the wave <laughs> of the emotion to get to the other side of like what is actually happening in this moment now that I'm not experiencing the emotion tied to an event that happened I don't even know when right I don't even know when it's such a good point um and a metaphor for those of you who, uh, a metaphor is helpful is to think of like, if for example, old emotions from when you were six years old are coming up and you're like afraid of being abandoned because you were left in the playground and, you know, couldn't find your caretaker, your parents or whatever that's yeah, sure. That may be a route, you know, of course people have had worse or better situations. Um, that might be the root moment, which means that your six-year-old who is freaking out your inner six-year-old is the one driving the car of your body right now. And the six-year-old is the one making decisions through your mind who may be sounding all grown up and wise <laughs> when really what we need is for our intuition to be that kinder, wider, wiser, gentler part of ourselves um, to be in the driver's seat, or sometimes it might yeah. show up with a bad passenger seat. Like, what are you doing? How can you be doing that? How come you haven't done all these 20 things today? And you need to be moving forward. And how are you talking to that person? And you should have said something differently. <laughs> That's the mind. Uh, I know that in coach speak, we often call it mind drama. I also can th think of it as the debris that's in the road that's getting in the way of us being able to move forward. So, yeah. And it's such a good reminder of like, your, that six-year-old just needs to be witnessed and reassured that like, I'm right here. You're not alone. Okay. I couldn't, I can't leave you. I don't want to leave you. I'm here forever. Like, you're good. Take a deep breath. Cry if you need to cry and let me know when you're ready to take, like move forward, you know, exactly. versus like making it a problem that you feel that way. Shaming yourself looping yourself back into that judgment. 
Exactly. Cause every time that we shame or guilt trip ourselves, we're actually shaming a, a younger version ourselves, sometimes a really young version of ourselves. So that is the kind of work we, that we can do with ourselves or with a coach or a guide, or if it's something that's pretty intense, then with a therapist, um, or other sort of professional help. Now, even saying that, I know that that can be really intimidating for people. So just taking time to witness in that moment and give space can be really beautiful. It's no longer, the more that we do this work, the more that it becomes just like, Oh, okay, I can do this. It's okay. If it feels scary at first. Cause yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Our, we get to a point where our emotions don't have to be a problem. We can learn to create space for them and even some tolerance for them while we still do like the scary things. Exactly. They're a roadmap for where we actually want to be. Right. If it feels scary, like that might be good. It might be for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> might be for a good reason because there's a lot of growth there. Right. So beautiful conversation, Harumi. I'm wondering how people can work with you and how they can find you um, after having heard all of this amazing work that you do and your skill set and expertise. Absolutely. Yeah. I am currently taking one-on-one clients. And so there will be a link to do a discovery call, which is just a free, it's a complimentary call to just check in and see if it feels like an energetic match and, um, to see where you're at, where you want to be and what does the possibility of working together, what that would look like. And I offer packages that are bespoke. That is we figure out together using our intuition and our inner guidance to, to make the kind of package, um, of working together that is best for you, whether you're looking for a short-term shift on, you know, maybe you're working on a project and want to really shift your mindset around that, or maybe something a lot deeper and take more time for that. Um, I'm on Instagram. I've got a website that will be linked and feel free to DM or email me with any questions and yeah, just excited for people to be on this journey of connecting more to their intuition. It's been the number one shift that has really helped catapult me into a place where I feel finally not just comfortable with myself, but actually have that kind of self-love that people talk about, which felt so elusive for so long, like self-love, what does that actually mean? And it's that deeper sense of peaceful, peacefulness and knowing that I'll be okay, truly inside because I've always got my intuition with me. Yes, yeah. yeah, you'll always have yourself. It's so interesting. I feel like I've always, I started to think of myself more. I'm like, I don't think of myself so singularly anymore. Like I recognize my inner support systems and it's so powerful. So thank you for sharing that with me. That's definitely been an outcome and benefit of having done work with you over the past year. So absolutely. No, you've been incredible in connecting to your intuition. You, I remember the first time or two that we did it, it took a little longer and now you're able to connect literally in seconds to your inner wisdom. Yeah, it's great. I use it all the time. So can't wait for everybody to tune into that and check in. So thank you so much for being on the show. Um, 
We're make good. sure everyone is following Rumi on Instagram and checking out our website. I will have it linked in the bio. Okay, there it is. It is time to start tapping into your intuition by focusing on building a relationship with yourself, with getting to know yourself, getting to understand the messages that you get from your inner voice and from your body so that you can show up super authentically in your life and in your relationships. Now is the go time. So share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. Share it on your Instagram stories. If you tag myself at Cassie's Deep Coaching or the Happy Hearts Project, I will share your stories and my stories. And if you're ready to even go beyond that into the next level of creating the life and relationships of your dreams and investing in actually feeling the way that you want to feel, I invite you onto a free consultation call with me. You can set that up on my website, www.cassiezeeb.com. I look forward to meeting you and learning more about what you want to do in 2023 and how we can partner to do that together. All right. Love you. See you next time.